Welcome to Daily Drive Time Devotions. This is day two of our look together through John chapter 7. I'd like to start today by reading, beginning back in verse 10 and through verse 19 of John chapter 7. However, after his brothers had left for the feast, he, Jesus, went also, not publicly, but in secret. Now at the feast, the Jews were watching for him and asking, where is that man? Among the crowds, there was also widespread whispering about him. Some said, he is a good man. Others replied, no, he deceives the people. But no one would say anything publicly about him for fear of the Jews. Not until halfway through the feast did Jesus go to the temple courts and begin to teach. The Jews were amazed, and they asked, how did this man get such learning without having studied? Jesus answered, my teaching is not my own. It comes from him who sent me. If anyone chooses to do God's will, he will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. He who speaks on his own does so to gain honor for himself, but he who works for the honor of the one who sent him is a man of truth. There's nothing false about him. Has not Moses given you the law? Yet not one of you keeps the law. Why are you trying to kill me? Quite a beginning to Jesus' speech to the crowd that day. Remember yesterday we left Jesus and his brothers had said, Jesus, why don't you come up with us to this feast of the tabernacles and at this we can sort of unveil you. And Jesus said, no, the timing is not yet right for me. Now some people think Jesus told a white lie because you see in these verses he actually does go up to the feast. No, he just said the timing is not yet right for me. A few days later it was right. There's an example here that Jesus shows us that sometimes it's not a lie not to say everything that's in your mind. He probably knew he was going to go up in a couple days, but he didn't want to get involved in a big argument with his brothers about it. So he just said, you guys go ahead. Not yet time for me. And then in a few days, he showed up. And when Jesus shows up, he begins to speak to the crowd. And as he speaks to the crowd, you see him merge in in what he says and their responses, a second way of trying to settle, to satisfy our thirst that just does not work. Yesterday, we talked about the fact that our human strategies don't work. Today, we notice the fact that our human speculations can't satisfy our thirst. Yesterday, we talked about what I called the political solution. I call this the philosophical solution. You notice, even as I read, that people had all kinds of ideas about who Jesus is, Jesus, what he was supposed to do and why he was there. Some of those ideas were right. Many of them were wrong. We're going to find out as we go through these verses. And the problem the people had was ignorance. These people, they weren't stupid. They were just uninformed. The rabbis couldn't understand how Jesus knew so much. He hadn't been to their universities, to their study places. But these people that listened to Jesus that day realized he knew some things that they never would have known. They were trying to figure life out through speculation, but Jesus knew the truth. And Jesus said to them, let's just sort of cut through all of this and make it simple. You're speculating about who I am and what I'm here for. Jesus' first answer to this problem of speculation was, do God's will. If anyone chooses to do God's will, he says in verse 17, he's going to find out whether my teaching comes from God or not. You're speculating, is this man from God? Is this man not from God? Choose to do God's will. His answer is very simple and basic. Are you thirsty? Come and get a drink. And then you'll see. The picture here of the philosophical kind of solution is two guys in a desert that finally come upon an oasis, and they're dying of thirst. And when they come upon that oasis, they say, well, let's talk about this before we have a drink. Is this a mirage or an oasis? We don't really know. And even if it is an oasis, how did we come to get here? Do we really deserve to be here? Why us? 
And if we drink of this water, what is it going to mean for our future? You go down all these thought patterns. Truly thirsty people aren't going to do that. They're not going to speculate about the water. They're going to drink the water. And Jesus said, if you do God's will, you're going to know. If you want to do what God wants, you're going to know that I'm the one who sent from God. Now, if you take a look at what Jesus is saying in verse 17 from a different perspective, it's saying to us that the way that you and I respond to the words of Jesus is the most powerful indication of our heart toward God. Jesus is God in human flesh. God has come into this world. And the way that you respond to God who has come into this world tells you your heart towards God. Jesus is God. The way you respond to Jesus is the way that you respond to God. You you could say anything you want, but the way you respond, Jesus says, indicates who you really are. Jesus says, do God's will. Truth is, you might be thirsty right now because you're speculating when you should be doing. You're playing games in your mind with God's will instead of doing God's will. If that's true of you, don't worry. You're not the first to do that. We've all done that. We get to thinking about it so much that we don't take a step of faith. I've always said to people, God works better with moving objects. If I can decide what I believe to be God's will in that moment, I can take a step in that direction, listening all the time. If I'm moving in the wrong direction, God will tell me. If I'm going in the right direction, I'll get confirmation. But as long as I just sit in my seat and think about it, then I'm going to miss out on God's will in my life. Choosing God's will for Jesus meant Jesus didn't have to worry about promoting himself, glorifying himself, because he knew he was living his life to glorify God. Listen to what the crowd thought of what Jesus said, beginning in verse 20. You are demon-possessed, the crowd answered. You're crazy. Who's trying to kill you? Jesus just said somebody's trying to kill me. Jesus said to them, I did one miracle, and you are all astonished. Yet because Moses gave you circumcision, though actually it did not come from Moses, but from the patriarchs, you circumcise a child on the Sabbath. Now, if a child can be circumcised on the Sabbath so that the law of Moses may not be broken, why are you angry with me for healing a whole man on the Sabbath? Stop judging by mere appearances and make the right judgment. And this miracle that Jesus was talking about here was his healing in Jerusalem on the Sabbath day. They all knew about this. And Jesus, as he talks through the law here, he's not saying that the law was wrong. He's just showing them there's a huge loophole in their thinking about the law. And he talks about circumcision. Circumcision, which was given to Abraham as a sign of the covenant between God and the Jewish people, including in that giving of this covenant, the direction from God that every boy was to be circumcised on the eighth day. So they did this on the eighth day, even if it was a Sabbath. And Jesus says, you do this work to honor God, but you're angry at me for honoring God by by healing someone? Here's Jesus' second answer to this problem of, of speculation. He's saying to them, verse 24, stop judging by mere appearances. That's why you're speculating so much. You're judging by mere appearances. You're not asking for the heart of God. The problem with our speculation is we never get the entire picture. It's that old story of the the four blind men trying to describe the elephant, each of them feeling one the tail, one the trunk, one the the leg. They think it's an entirely different animal because they're judging by mere appearances. We need to put the start parts of the story together when it comes to God in our lives. And the only person who can do that is Jesus Christ. And when it comes to this thing of judging, I, I like the honesty of one of the people on our research team. They wrote, my mind is a judging machine. I can't turn it off. 
I am constantly comparing, evaluating, critiquing, and yes, sometimes even criticizing. I appreciate that honesty because the truth is we all face this. How do you stop? Jesus said, stop judging by mere appearances. How do you stop judging by mere appearances? The only way I know is to ask for God's wisdom, to recognize, God, I don't see the whole picture myself. That's what human philosophy believes, that we can see the whole picture ourselves. God, I can't figure it all out myself. I need you. I ask for your wisdom. Now, when you do that, when you ask for God's wisdom, God reminds you of his truth. He humbles you in the fact that you're depending on him, and he gives you insight from him. That simple act of saying, God, instead of trying to figure this out myself, I need your wisdom has incredible impact on our daily lives. Stop judging by mere appearances. Ask for God's wisdom. And before that, determine to do God's will. As we pray today, let's pray for those specific things. As you pray, simply pray, God, I ask for your wisdom. I ask for your wisdom. You may want to be more specific about that. You might need his wisdom in a specific area of life. God, would you give me your wisdom in this area? It might be a decision you think you have figured out. God, I need your wisdom here, even though I think I have it figured out. Or it might be a place where you have total confusion. You don't know what to do next. God, I need your wisdom here. And as you ask for God's wisdom, ask for it determined to do God's will. Not God, show me your will, and then I'll figure out if I'll do it. But God, I trust you. I am determined to do your will. Give me the strength to do it. God, I ask for your wisdom. God, I am determined to do your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.